I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Juan Caudillon, Todd Melnick, and Robert Gajic. If you haven't watched the documentary Long Shot, you need to stop everything that you're doing right now, go to Netflix and watch this 40-minute story about a man who persevered in proving innocence, another man who persevered in his manifesting of freedom, and another gentleman who listened to an intuitive nudge to allow a father and his little girl to take their seat at a baseball game. Buckle in and listen to how these three men, these three strangers, came together to make a miracle happen. We are live. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. Okay, where did Allison just go? Did we lose her? What is going on? Um, I think we did. Where is she? Um, I'm going to shoot her a text, but uh, since it says we're live on Facebook, let's just keep rolling with this anyways, right? Um, Do it. So for those of you who don't know who I am, I am Carrie. I am one of Allison's coaches. Uh, For some reason, Zoom has kicked her off um, and I will contact her. But this is Juan and Todd. Um, If you haven't seen the long shot documentary, please, please check it out. Um, Juan was wrongly accused of murder and Todd was the lawyer that did not give up on him. And it is quite the amazing story. Um, So Juan, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your story. Um, I mean, I grew up born and raised in Los Angeles. Um, My dad bought a house in the suburbs about uh, 20 miles north of of Los Angeles. I was born in Los Angeles and uh, we were raised in the San Fernando Valley. And I mean, I just grew up just a regular kid and, you know, I was, uh, I played sports at a young age and my first love was, uh, hey, there's Robert. Wearing the LA hat, man. That's right. <laughs> There we go. I got my shirt on here. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm late, guys. I, I, I totally thought it was 3 p.m. Uh, Western California time. So my apologies on that. <laughs> you're good. You're good, brother. Glad to join us. Hey, Robert, it's really nice to talk to you. I've never spoken to you before. Likewise. Likewise. And so thanks for what you did. <laughs> you know larry david takes credit for saving juan's life but you should be the one doing that no 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 i wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for larry so obviously you know larry take the credit for this one <laughs> nice are you in california robert i am i am in uh yeah i'm in los angeles 
Nice. Oh, okay. So really? Right now, Where? Which? Nice. Which part? I'm in Highland Park. We all have to get go to Langers. Oh my God! Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Dodger well, game. <laughs> Dodger game. Absolutely. Yeah, we do a Dodger game in Langers. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, Carrie, thanks so much. We'll see you guys later. We're off to the game. <laughs> Actually, I think Allison is on her way back in. It just said she's trying to enter. Um, so hopefully. Uh, but anyways, hello, Robert. It's nice to meet you. Hi, Carrie. Nice to meet you, too. Welcome back, hey, Allison. Hi. If I get booted one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come completely unglued. No, it's all right. We were, it, Carrie was carrying the day. <laughs> I know. I have complete trust and faith in her. Bobby, I see that we call you Bobby and not Robert. Hi. Yeah. Hi. I am Allison. Uh, nice so, so great to have you here with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So this is your first time seeing Juan and Todd, correct? This is true. Yes. Likewise. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Juan, are you emotional? You look emotional. Oh man, this is, uh, I love that he's wearing a Dodger hat. So, I mean, the connection is, <laughs> is immediate. So yeah, I know, but, um, and I just, I don't know. I know we emailed a few years back, Robert, but man, just want to say thank you. And man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like thinking about, you know, what if like Sam says in the documentary, what if other things wouldn't have been there? Or, you know, if you were one section over or I don't know, but man, just, I thank God that, you know, you were there, brother. Uh, I mean, you know, the fates stepped in on that day and, uh, you know, it, it's just because I'm getting goosebumps really right now, just thinking about it. Uh, it was really just the the combination of of things that came together to, that put us all in that, in that space on that same day at that time. I mean, I you know, I, I can't imagine the things that you had were going through at the time and Todd, you know, I, I just can't imagine it, it just that it's insane um, and, and tragic and sad and uh, just happy to have been there and to have helped in some way. Like I said, you know, I wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for Curb and Larry David. Yeah, they were very nice. You know, you know, the funny thing is, is that when I finally figured out they were filming it at, at Dodger Stadium that particular day, because one recognized uh, Super Dave Osborne, you know, not um, oh, what's, it, what's his name, Bob uh, Einstein yeah. um, from Curb, because um, neither of us had HBO. When I finally figured it out and I called and they directed me to Curb, you know, I told the executive producer, you know, I, I think you guys were filming that day and my client was uh, maybe caught in the outtakes or wanna, just want to see. And he's like, you're nuts. <laughs> really? You think we're going to catch one guy out of 40,000 people? He goes, well, I'll talk to Larry about it and I'll see what Larry says. But uh, we don't usually release any kind of you know, pre-production footage. It's just not, we don't do that. You can wait until it airs in February. And I said, well, you know, this is a, you're trying to kill my client. <laughs> Hopefully he won't be dead by February. So maybe we can speed this along. He goes, well, I'll talk to Larry and uh, see what I can do. And I got a call back like later that afternoon or the next day, I think it was later that afternoon. And Larry said, come on down. So, I mean, they were really nice about it. And, you know, they could have made it so much more difficult for me to 
have to get court orders or subpoenas or things like that. So, you know, Curb was just awesome. Larry was awesome. And uh, it's just amazing the way sometimes how the universe comes together. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about this. And for those of you that, uh, that have no idea what's going on here, you need to watch the documentary Long Shot. Um, so we have Juan who was falsely accused of murder um, not only murder, but of a 16-year-old uh, girl who was expecting. Um, it was a gang-related situation, and uh, they were framing, uh, the police department was framing Juan for murder. Um, he was completely innocent, was not in a gang, and had absolutely nothing to do with it. Um, then Juan um, had heard about Todd. Todd was Juan's um, attorney, um, that's really an understatement. Um, just watch the documentary, but that's his title. His title was uh, attorney. And then we have Bobby here who uh, broke the rules uh, at a baseball game where he was an assistant to uh, an executive um, producer that was a television show that was being filmed at Dodger Stadium. And this is where I want to pause for just a moment and talk, but, um, but before I get there, so Juan, you came to Atlanta. Um, I had the absolute pleasure of uh, spending a couple of hours with you over waffles and scrambled eggs. Um, it was so great to meet you in person. Um, I wasn't expecting you to be as tall as you are. Uh, it is so <laughs> great to meet you in person. And um, we had um, a very heartfelt, emotional conversation. And of course, as soon as you and I were done, I called Carrie. Um, and so Carrie and I had a really good cry together on the phone just about the whole thing. Um, but you, when you were in prison, um, you prayed pretty much nonstop. Is that a pretty fair thing to say? Yeah, absolutely. I read the um, I read the the Bible a lot, and uh, my mom would give me scriptures to read, and I would just read them over and over and over and over. And um, uh, you know, I felt like you know, believe it or not, the you know the <laughs> the Bible was actually talking to me because I've read where some people get that, some people can read it from beginning to end, and they don't get any of that. But I actually felt as you know, just, you know, and it talks about um, injustices and, you know, things that, you know, trials and tribulations that, you know, a person goes through. And I mean, I just, that's where I put my faith. You know, that's where I, you know, because the negative, the negativity and, you know, that was just uh, full, just my thoughts, of just my head was full of, you know, negative thoughts, you know, and I would, you know, try to block that out and just, you know, um, think about, you know, positive things and, you know, the day, uh, when the day would come when I'd free and, you know, back with my family. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that, that's really, it's, it's interesting for, for me to hear you say that because, um, the Bible is so discouraging, um, to me. And so, in so many ways, even though like, I love Jesus and I'm very universally um, spiritual. I'm not religious like at all. Um, so 
it was such an interesting um, conversation that we had at breakfast together when we, when we were sharing our different views on spirituality. And then we have Todd who it has, he's, he's believes in like the universe, but not really like a higher power person. And we have Carrie who's like, you know, fairy over here. And Bobby, I'm just curious, like, what are your, I mean, are you like, do you swing more towards like Todd and me and Carrie, or are you more like in Juan's, you know, camp of like Bible and all of that? Um, I mean, I was raised Christian church. Mm -hmm. um, I don't go to church as much as I should, <laughs> but um, faith. Yes, Bobby, Bobby, not the rule follower again. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bobby, I'm so curious because, I mean, this is why I wanted, I, first of all, I wanted you to have you on here because one hasn't seen you and you're the, you are the, along with Todd, obviously, um, you are like the person who saved his life, like behind the scenes, like you are the person, Juan is sitting here today because of you. Um, and your face on the documentary, when you're, they, they, they filmed it so that they would, so that we would catch like your actual real reaction to hearing that what you did that night at the baseball game, um, was the reason that Juan is alive and that he's a free man. I mean, how did that feel when you found that out? I mean, it feels the way it does right now, you saying it. It's, I'm still getting choked up thinking about it. You know, I mean, he's a guy that didn't do anything wrong. You, wrong place, wrong time, but right place at right time. Um, and, you know, yeah, it was it was emotional to see to see that moment them coming down. They showed it to me from different angles a few times, but it was just at that particular angle on that day that that I saw, and it just yeah, it resonated. It obviously it affected me. You know, you don't think that at the time when you're just doing your job or trying to do your job, something like that's happening. So you were filming this episode for Larry David, and he had this idea that he wanted it to be at the Dodgers um, during a real uh, baseball game. They were playing Atlanta, by the way. Um, and so uh, the game is going on, and your job was to hold everyone back from seats that they had paid for. So if they got up to go to the bathroom or got up to go get popcorn, candy, a beer, or whatever. Um, your job when they came back was to be like, sorry, dudes, but we're like, there's a more important person that happens to be, you know, a movie star and you can't go to your seat right now because we're taking care of the situation. So what made you let one through with his daughter? Because I know you didn't let everybody through. No, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I think I told, I told the, the filmmakers kind of the same thing is, is I, it was such a hectic day of filming, you know, you're at a live event with 
I don't know what the attendance was that night, but in that section, probably a couple thousand people. And I'm standing, I have a vague idea of where I was. And, you know, they're, when they're filming this particular type of show, they tend to, you know, they'll do the lines and they'll say, let's, let's just go, let's just keep going. Let's go, let's do it one more time. Let's do it one more time. And that two minute scene turns into a four minute scene, turns into a six minute scene. Because we're on such a tight schedule and we're such a limited production, we have to take advantage of those moments when we're stopping traffic or stopping people from entering the zone, the area where we're filming. And to be honest with you, I, I probably would have just felt bad that Juan standing there with his daughter. And, you know, she, I think I remember in the documentary, you said you guys went over and got ice cream or something like that, a hot dog and some ice cream. And, you know, I probably just felt like, gosh, man, it's been like five, six, seven minutes now. I probably just felt bad and just said, you know what? I might've heard something in the walkie talkie and said, hey, you know what, go for it. You guys go down. And it just happened yeah. to be right then when we were filming, right in the middle of the take. I want to ask you something, because uh, I'll let Juan ask it, because uh, he he has a burning question he wants yeah, to Yeah, we're ask. all curious about one thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I wanted to actually just cut into the TV, because I was just like, thought it was so cool that there was a camera on our aisle. So I just was, in my mind, I was like, oh, wow, I want to be caught on camera. And, but I never in a million years thought, you know, hey, you do need to be caught on camera. But, um, you know, when I, when you stopped me and I was, man, I, I'm, you know, I, if somebody asked me something, you know, politely, I'll, I'll, I agree. I'll agree. And when you said, you know, do you mind holding a few minutes? And I said, sure. So, you know, I remember as we watched, you know, and out of my peripheral vision, I could see you, I don't know, you like looked over at us and, I don't know what it was, maybe what you said that, you know, you felt bad that we had been standing there for a few minutes and you let us walk by. But, you know, as I walked down and then, you know, I saw nobody was going down. But as I walked down, I see Larry coming up and I remember just having that, like, oh, you know, sorry. And, uh, you know, I kind of just like snuck in right away. I tried to grab my daughter quickly to go in the seat. But the burning question that I had was. Uh, did you get in trouble for that? <laughs> I hope you didn't get fired. <laughs> no, I didn't get in trouble for it. And I didn't get fired, though. No. <laughs> because because Larry came up and he was just like, you know, yeah, like, hey, what's like, going on here? Ah. Like, <laughs> well, it's funny because Larry, he's usually, my personal experience, my personal observations, Larry's usually not the type of person to walk up in front of a crowd and sort of go, hey, I'm Larry David. He's very humble. He's a very, very humble, very nice person. And I think he was just having fun. I think he was having wow. fun. He was at a baseball game filming a, his TV show and with his friends. And, you know, he's doing serious work. He's, he's, he's a professional making, a, you know, a, a entertainment. Um, but I, I didn't get fired um, and I didn't get in trouble. Um, all right, good. Yeah, no, no, there was no <laughs> reprimand or anything. On <laughs> did, did he say anything after he did the whole, you know, arms up in the air thing? Honestly, I don't remember. I mean, the, it was a pretty hectic day. You know, lots of, we had, we had hired some background people 
We had placed them in certain areas. Um, it was just, you know, run up here, run down there, go over here, go over there. So it was, it was a whirlwind. It was a whirlwind of a day. So Bobby, what are you doing now? I'm an editor. I, I edit film and television. Awesome. You know what? I have a question for you. Because after editing, or when you see like on movies, you know, when the, the credits come down, it always says A-C-E. Uh-huh. What does that stand for? Uh, American Cinema Editors. It's a, it's a, um, I think it's an invite only group of editors. Um, you know, once you've been in the business long enough or you've got certain credits, um, okay. you, you get invited to become a part of that. It's been a burning question of mine for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, I knew it had something to do with editing, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, American Cinema Editors, I believe is what it stands for. <laughs> so, Bobby, does it Juan make you... I... Go, sorry, sorry, Ty, go. Juan and I are in, are in discussions with some people who maybe do a feature movie or a um, multi-part miniseries on this. And uh, so who would you like to play you, Bobby? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Brad Pitt's agreed to play me, so. Oh, really? Ewan <laughs> <laughs> McGregor, how about that one? I like Ewan McGregor, he's cool. <laughs> no, I gotta pick somebody a lot younger because <laughs> I, Brad's, Brad's my age, but um, yeah, this was, you know, 17, what, 17 years ago? How long ago was this? I know, right? I, it's 18 years yeah, ago. I, I, I don't know. I, I know somewhere. I'm sure Juan knows to the day. Juan, how long has it been? Yeah, 18 years. 18 yeah. years. I was going to say, I'm sure you know, like, day, minute, hour, second. Uh, actually, August 12th, in a, what is that? In a couple of weeks, it'll be 18 years. I was arrested August 12, 2003. So it's coming up. Bobby, how, yeah. how does it make you feel? to see Juan like in college and running his dad's business and still madly in love with the same girl that has stood by him this like full time and babies and the whole nine. Like, oh, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing to be a part of this story. It's a, it's a, um, it's a tragic story with a happy end, you know? Um, and those are rare to come by in, in real life to be a part of that, to be a small part of that. Um, yeah, it makes me feel amazing, dude. Uh, I'm just grateful, Juan, that you were able to, you know, get out of that situation with the help of everybody involved. Thank you, brother. How long yeah. had you worked with Larry and, and Curb, Robert? I think that was, I worked on the show for two years. For two years or two seasons two seasons and um i want to say that that might have been the second season that season four it was season four season four was season so four? i was on season three and season four after that i didn't go back because they they'd always say well that's the last season and then everybody would go off yeah, yeah, and right. something else and then and now they're in like season, season 10 or 12. Season yeah, 20. <laughs> Robert, what was the conversation whenever, did this ever get back to you guys or once it did, like what was going on? Did you guys know of what was going on? No, when so was it? I was, I would be, I would be on the set 
I think it was two weeks filming, two weeks in the office prepping, two weeks filming, two weeks in the office prepping. And after we had filmed that episode, I think it might've been maybe a month or so later that there was rumbling. There was, there was you know, uh, cause in the office again, Curb was great. It was an amazing show. Everybody on that show was awesome to work with. Mm-hmm. Tight knit kind of family vibe. But I just remember being in the office and hearing our footage is being subpoenaed. And every, nobody knew what, why. We thought, did we do something wrong or? Yeah. It wasn't really much of a discussion. They just, that was, that was kind of like a thing. Like, oh, no, footage is being subpoenaed. Wow. So we were like, okay. Jeez, okay. Um, I, wonder, I wonder what's going on. And then it happened to be about, I don't know how many months after that, that we had heard the whole story and we were like blown away. We were like, no way, we couldn't believe it. Like, it was like, Man. it was a universal, like awesome feeling amongst the crew and cast. Did you know that it was you though? Did you know that it was you? That- no idea. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Bobby, how did you, how were you approached? How did you find out that you were, uh, going to be in the in the documentary and, and that you were part of this it was the weirdest thing I got a phone call I was I was scheduled to leave I think this was 2017 and I was scheduled to leave to go out of town to work on a tv show I was wrapping up a first season of a television show and I was about to travel the next day I don't remember the exact date but I know it was June somewhere like around June, July, somewhere like around this time. And I get a phone call from a New York number and I was traveling to the East Coast to do this, to do this TV uh, show. And they're like, hi, I'm like, hi. <laughs> uh, is, this, is, this, uh, is this Robert? I said, yes, it is. And they said, well, is, your, is your birth name Slobodan? And I said, yeah. Like <laughs> this, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. And I just hear, I was on speakerphone and I hear this office, like people cheering and clapping. And I'm like, what is going on? Who are you people? And the guy's like, I am a documentary. He's like, I'm a documentary filmmaker. And we're making this movie about um, Juan Catalan in the Dodger stadium thing and the thing. And I said, yeah, I, I, I remember that. I, I, that's been a couple of years, but I remember that. And, he's, and they said, well, you were there and we would like to talk to you more about this. Do you remember details about it? So one of the details I remembered was, I remembered what I was wearing that day. And the only reason which, how do you remember what you were wearing that many years ago? But I remember a crew member or maybe it was the the set photographer had taken a picture of me standing on the Dodgers dugout. And I specifically remember this picture because I was like, that's a really cool picture. I wish somebody would get it for me. (laughs) But I remember what I was wearing. And so it always stuck with me. I knew, I knew what shirt I was colored shirt I was wearing. I knew what had like the logo and I knew what colored pants I was wearing. And I had a, a, a hat. And, uh, and I just thought, man, that's a really cool picture. And you know, it's always, you're kind of like doing something cool or something on top of the Dodger, Dodger dugout. 
And so I remembered that. And so I, the director was like, let me call you right back. So he called Juan. And I think Juan, he told you like, was this guy wearing a blue long sleeve shirt with tan pants or something? And you said, yeah, that's the guy. And so they called me back like five minutes later and I said, it was you. And that's how I found out. I was in the car driving and, and that's how I found out. So how soon was it after that that you went to New York to uh, film? The next day. I went to New York and I was there oh, lucky. for... <laughs> yeah. I was in New York for a month. Well, I was actually in Canada. I was in Canada for a month and then I came back and I started working on a, a film here in LA. And then that's when I want to say it was September is when they did the interviews, Juan, is that, does that sound about right? Like September, October, something like that. It was, it was 2017 uh, and it was somewhere close around the end of the year, maybe, I think. Well, you, well, were, they, you, were, they were, after, you were after us because we were there in June, weren't we, Todd, I believe? Yeah, I we remember in June. But they, the NBA finals were going on. They were filming for a very long time over a number of years when they would get funding to, you know, have people come there. And so... It, it nobody we weren't all like filmed together over a span of like you know two or three weeks okay this this film took four years to make wow i didn't know that yeah it was so all bobby fun. you were in la were you in la uh, after you left the larry david show or did you go somewhere else no i stayed in los angeles um i stayed in los angeles and you know uh, like i said because of the schedules and you know the show would film a year later, I ended up on different jobs and, and, uh, but I, you know, I stayed in touch with some of the crew. Um, but you know, um, by the so time- So did you watch one's trial? I did not. I did not, you know, and, 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 and again, I didn't know I had any direct involvement. I, I other than right. being a, a, a production assistant on Curb. I don't think know, anyone did. I don't think anyone did because I mean, it took, Right, Todd? I, I, you yeah. know, Todd was telling me all this stuff and, you know, when I'm in jail and I'm, you know, thinking about, you know, they want to kill me and, you know, Todd's over here telling me, you know, when I get you out of here, you know, people are going to want to talk to you all over the place, New York, Miami. I'm like, dude, just get me out of here. But uh, it took a while until, you know, the public and, you know, other people knew what had happened because, you know, once I was released and I was just, you know, the happiest person alive to be free. You know, it wasn't until like, what was it, Todd, like five months after that, you know, the New Yorker picked up, somebody wrote an article and then it just like spread like Exploded. wildfire. Yeah. Jeffrey Tubin, of all people, um, was a columnist, besides being on CNN, was a columnist for the New Yorker. And he wrote a column in the New Yorker. It was called um, Exoneration Faces in the Crowd. Faces in the Crowd. Faces in the Crowd. And... Um, after that got published in the New Yorker, holy cow, it, it, just an explosion of, of media trying to book us for, you know, interviews. And we were flown like within a couple of days to New York and we did the Today Show, Good Morning America. We did Fox, we did ESPN, we did 20 or 30 radio interviews in between. I mean, it was just nuts nuts yeah so bobby i love that you have love on your wall 
Did you put that there for the interview today? No, no we have it <laughs> in the house all the time. It's it's a daily reminder. Yeah. That's incredible. So do you have a family now? I do. Awesome. So what do they think about all of this? <laughs> I mean, it's a trip, you know, it's a trip. Uh, you know, they think it's cool. And I, I honestly, it's... Um, it, uh, it's, it's, it's an extraordinary thing that they made this documentary and, and I learned of, of this whole thing. I've been contacted from friends that I went to, to college with that people that I, I lost touch with years, 20 years ago. And they'll, all of a sudden I'll get a text from some random number and they'll say, we went to school together. I, I just saw you in this documentary, like that blew wow. me away sort of thing. Wow. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, I was stalking you on LinkedIn. That's how I found you. <laughs> yeah, I could I could actually be an investigator if I wanted to be. Like, I found all kinds of phone numbers for you before we, <laughs> before you got on Zoom. Like, I was trying to reach out to you and be like, we're here. Aubrey, um, so. <laughs> you're one of the beloved characters from the documentary, man. Believe it. People have oh, told yeah. me. People, I've gotten messages from around the world. And Todd knows wow. that we've gotten continents from, I think every continent on, in the world. And, uh, you know, to everyone has a different um, take on it. And several people have told me your art, your expressions, your just, man, it just, it, it blew them away. Wow. We've had long, Carrie and I, um, and I, so Carrie and I are coaches. I, I own a company. We, I do group coaching. Carrie coaches with me. Um, and she and I, along with people in our coaching program, have talked about um, just how, first of all, you know, one, I, I, so, I so admire your discipline with your faith, you know, um, I mean, if someone's going to be faithful um, and and religious, you know, and spiritual like you are, um, the the thing that I think se separates so many people away from just going to church every Sunday is like, I, I you practice it like you live you live your faith every single day. Like it's it's so obvious that you live and practice it, and that is so much. I admire that so much. Like if you're going to be, if you're going to live that life, like live it like you live it, first of all. Um, and just how you believed so much that God had you. I mean, you believed it. You and I talked about it at breakfast and I could just see it. I could, I felt it in the energy of you. Like you, you honestly really believed um, and then, of course, we had the discussion about the goodness who is Todd. I mean, just you're just a good man, Todd. Um, and just his devotion to your innocence and, and the passion and the purpose that got him out of bed like every single day to get you out of prison um, was incredible. And then just the power of your love, Bobby. You know, I mean, because that's what did it. It was the power of your love for this little girl that's holding ice cream that's melting. Um, 
just to get her back to her seat with her dad so that she could finish watching the Braves beat the Dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's when you how right, like it's just all synced up, you know? Right when Robert or Bobby, right when you let Juan through, the Braves hit a home run. <laughs> Um, and, and you see somebody down by where they were filming, stand up and do the, you know, circle motion, I think, uh, for, you know, for right, the home. Yeah. but, uh, I mean, what a, what a moment captured on film, <laughs> you know, the moment that you let them through, um, just, it, it's what amazing. What's that for you? I mean, I know you talked about it in the documentary, but. You know, you're probably back at your, your did, did, did they give you like a box of tapes so you could go back or were you only at the curb offices looking at it? Yeah, I went to the editing bay. Uh, first of all, I had called, um, uh, what was the executive producer's name? Um, Tim, Tim Gibbons. Yeah, Tim. Gibbons. Yeah, I talked to Tim Gibbons and I told him the situation. He's like, we don't release pre-production footage. And I said, well, you know, this is a death penalty case. And, uh, you know, I got to exhaust <laughs> all my avenues here, so perhaps I could, you know, see them. He goes, well, I'll talk to Larry. I didn't even know who Larry was at that point, really. Um, the name just didn't ring a bell to me about the creator of Seinfeld. Um, and uh, it, they got back to me, but Larry said, come on down. When do you want to come? And I said, how about tomorrow? And so they said, okay, 10 o'clock tomorrow. We'll see you. So I went into the editing bay. You know, the editing bay is because you've been there. Mm -hmm. And we were all like in a semicircle around the middle the middle editing bay and they had an engineer guy that was in the center there that was popping in the tapes there was eight of them and the first five there was it was the long shots with kim um and it wasn't the the scene that you were in and i, I you know just was trying to be patient and i was getting nervous you know every tape that went through there was nothing on it and then of course you know he Juan shows up and i jumped out of my chair and i ran up to the screen i go that's him that's him roll it back and um, wow. there's like wow. a gap. Oh, Juan, have you never heard that before? By everybody. And uh, Larry said, well, I'll be damned. Maybe I should make a show about this. Um, <laughs> and it was just like total jubilation and just incredulity, in incredulity is that a word? Um, about mm -hmm. the fact that Juan was caught on tape out of those tens and thousands of people there he that's was crazy like that's like just crazy like man but here's what i want people but here's the here's the thing that that i want people to understand that are that are watching this right now and this this will probably make you want to go and watch the documentary if you haven't already that oh, yeah. wasn't enough time what's that that just seeing one on the screen wasn't enough because of the time stamp Oh, no. Yeah. So then I asked them, what time was this filmed? And then they put the electronic timestamp on the, the film, and it was filmed between the 8.50 and 9.05 or 9.06. And I was like, oh, man, because that was an hour and 35 minutes before the murder happened. So they were going to say, you know, he had time to leave yeah, Dr. Stadium and go commit the murder. So that's when the cell phone towers became relevant. And I used my you know background and knowledge from you know cell phone towers uh to figure out where one was and then another just m blow your mind type of situation 
within a minute of the murder, one is around the corner from the murder, which is pinned by the cell tower right there. It was just, you know, bad luck, good luck kind of a thing. Because that yeah, gave the prosecutor... It was it was crazy because when Juan and I were at breakfast, um, Juan, you shared with me that that company stopped giving out cell phone records. Yeah. Um, what like? Do you remember that? Do you remember that time? Yeah, there was a they had 180 days of time before the records get uh, wiped off their servers, and yeah, we were. But, next, I, but Nextel was the only company that did that. Because I had I been with uh, at that yeah, time AT and T and Verizon and any other ones, I think you said they destroyed their records after ninety days. So yeah, had we been with one of those, the records you would have never even found them because they would have yeah. been destroyed. There's, there's so many, so many things that, uh, so many dominoes that had to fall the right way for you. Um, but when I finally figured out that I had to get those cell tower records, the we were like within days. Yeah of them being erased destroyed and i had gotten the court order from the court to send to nextel to provide these records and then an analyst called me and i said i've got to have those records like within a day or two and she's like we don't work that fast she goes we'll get back to you in a couple of weeks i go we won't have these records in a couple of weeks and this is a death penalty case and blah 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 and so then Ta was it tanya tasha tasha boggs man she went to work on her people to make all this happen and for us to get those records within the two or three days before they expired. So are we, are we queuing in Tasha now? Is she the, the guest? <laughs> we need to, like, oh, we need man. to queue in Tasha because uh, that, that is a miracle too, honestly. Like it's everything. just literally everything. is like watching the universe piece together puzzles. One, I have a question for you. I've never asked you this question before. Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot. Thank goodness. I'm so thankful to know you. Um, why do you think this happened? Uh, oh, wow. Um, because Pinner is a... <laughs> <laughs> do, you know um, how many, do you want to... Wait, I got to stop you for one second. Do you know how many people have called me because they, Pinner was their detective on their case and these other people have been locked up now for 17, 18 years, the same frame time frame that Juan would have been locked up, asking me to look into their cases because there was shenanigans or something that they felt that that detective did that didn't sit right with them and they could never get anywhere in court or appellate cases. It, it's, it, I just got a call last week or earlier this Monday for a case with Pinner from 17 years ago, saw the documentary and like, can you look into this? Yeah, yeah no, it's, 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 it's scary and frustrating. And, you know, it fills you with anger just to know, you know, the history of the, of the LAPD. And it's just, um, you know, it doesn't, you know, truth and justice doesn't always prevail in, I don't know. That's why I get down on my knees every day. And I thank God that, that I'm free because, you know, people have gone 10, 15, 20, 30 years taken away from them for something they didn't do. And, you know, you asked me the question, why do you think this happened, Allison? Um, yeah. I mean, why do you think it happened to you? Because, you know, I told you my story 
and everything I went through, not nearly as horrendous as yours, um, but still nevertheless difficult and painful. And I told you that, you know, the reason that I think I went through all of that is so that I can help other people. You know, I really, like in the core of my soul, um, know that. And so I'm just wondering, and obviously it's why it happened for Todd, um, was so that he can now help other people. And it's happened for, for Bobby so that he can understand like the power of, a, a split decision and the, the power of love and the universe, but I've never asked you Juan, why, why do you think that you got out of your truck to go to work on a Monday morning and you had your life turn upside down and inside out? I, I, you know, sometimes I, I'm a person that's always, you know, asking why, why things happen and, you know, just always thinking, my brain is always thinking on, uh, on stuff that I've experienced. And I think I was doing this exercise one day and I was writing down, you know, stuff. And, you know, I, I came to the conclusion that, uh, you know, it really hit me when it said that, you know, to be a, a, a light in a dark world and this dark world with so much negativity, um, you know, every day here in this world, I think, um, to be a light and, and to share some positive positivity or, you know, inspiration to other people that, you know, that's what the messages that I get from um, all, you know, walks of life. And I mean, it feels amazing. And I'm humbled by that. You know, it's just because, you know, when I when we went when we were flown to New York, you know, all the interviews, whatever we did, 30, 40 interviews, it was all the same, you know, same questions and all this. But our last interview, I don't know if you remember, Todd, but you know, it was a court TV with Catherine Cryer, who was an ex judge. And, you know, she hit me with that question that just blew me away. And when she told me, you know, you know, Mr. Catalan, you know, it seems like you have some very important things still left to do here on earth. And I was just like, you know, I was taken back, like, I had never thought about that. And, um, but, you know, as I look back on my life, since I was a child, I don't know if I shared this with you, but I don't know. I can tell you how many instances that I was put in danger or, you know, had like um, life or death experiences. It was, this wasn't the first and it doesn't matter what it is or what comes across. Someone's always there watching over me and protecting me. So, I mean, I look at it as more than a coincidence as, you know, as God having me in the palm of his hand. And I, I don't I have no other explanation than that. You know, oh, come back to this. Todd froze up. Did Todd freeze? Yeah, he's frozen. Um, Juan, where do you, where do you see yourself like five years from now? Oh man, where do I see myself? I just you know, I I think you know every day I try to um, you know grow as a person um in all aspects as a as a son as a father as a brother as an uncle as a friend and you know i i one thing i really enjoy is you know um helping people it's um you know it, it brings me a joy like no other and um you know i don't know exactly where in five years but 
I mean, if I can do something that um, can somehow help other people or whatever that is, you know, inspire, motivate someone, um, I think that's what, um, what, uh, what would make me happy. Well, I want to read you some of the comments from people who um, have joined us on Facebook. So um, a lot of people are saying hello. Of course, a lot of people, one um, is, is in my coaching program now uh, as my gift to him. Uh, so a lot of these people like feel like they know you a little bit because you've been in some of the classes with us. Um, but Cindy Turner says, um, you guys all make my heart so happy. Gretchen says, hi, all so great. You can meet each other in video in person finally. Uh, Megan is saying hello. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, this is a good one. Uh, someone said, I love hearing your questions for each other. Um, someone else said that they're glued to their seat. Um, so Juan, you are one of God's warriors, someone said. So I, Todd, you are too. I mean, Bobby, what did you think when you were watching the documentary and just watching Todd go through all of the hoops and the challenges and the, I mean, wasn't it incredible? It still is. Uh, you know, you were talking about the cell phone towers, but that's probably at a time when that sort of, you know, nowadays you kind of see that on Law and Order or whatever TV show now, but you know, we're talking 18 years ago. Yeah. That wasn't really, you know, uh, that's like sort of new detective technology work there. So. Yeah. Did you know that they did a Law and Order episode based on uh, Juan's case? Did they really? Out. Yeah. Oh, they did it. it was a, I think it was a football game instead of a baseball game. And we're all, we were also a, a double jeopardy for 800 question uh yeah what and i was watching it live when it came out um I, I, for whatever reason i just happened to be watching jeopardy it's like the universe right and it was um the 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 answer was what tv sitcom provided an alibi for a murder case you're like i know eight hundred dollars for that one double jeopardy did they get it right yeah they got it yeah and then I, and then when I went back to school, I mean, Todd loves this story. Oh, I this was, is amazing! You all, you all gonna be glued to your seats on this one. I, I was, uh, so when I got out, you know, I, I never graduated from high school, so, you know, I, I, I decided to go back to, um, to school. I studied for about six, eight months, and I went, took my GD, and I passed that. And then I went over to Pierce College, down the street from my house, and signed up. And started taking courses. I took the uh, placement test, and of course, I scored at the bottom, which I was fine with. So I started with like elementary math and you know English and all that. Everything was bad. My grammar, everything was horrible. And um, you know, the first uh, English class I had was uh, English 21, I believe, and it was like the class right above ESL. And uh, the professor was Mr. Coonfield, and uh, you know he's. To give you a visual, he's like uh, Santa Claus. You know, Santa Claus is your your professor. He's teaching the class, and uh, you know, he would uh, man. He could. Uh, he was older, of course, older older gentleman, and man, he could put the room to sleep. You know, when he lectured, and just uh, everyone. We had guys in the back snoring, and I mean, it was just. 
you know, it would just, man, bore you to, to, to sleep. And uh, this one day I was dozing off and I remember our, our textbook for the class was called The Least You Should Know About English. And it was just a workbook. You know, you work through the, the examples there. And as I'm dozing off, I'm going through the pages and what do, comes across my face. But I mean, my, uh, my name is in the book and I just like, you know, I jumped, I felt like I levitated off my chair and <laughs> my heart started racing. And I'm like looking around, you know, thinking in my mind that, you know, they know who I am, but no one knew who I was. So, you know, my heart's pounding and, you know, I'm reading the story, but they got it wrong. They, uh, you know, it started off something like, you know, going to a baseball game is fun. You know, not, not for this one man. You know, Juan Catalan went to a baseball game with his girlfriend and I'm like, my girlfriend, I go, that's, I went with my daughter. They got it wrong. It was like from the, they, they, uh, they mentioned like Newsweek, I think the source. And um, <laughs> I started wrestling with myself about um, if I should go and tell Mr. Coonfield about this. So, you know, break comes and, uh, you know, everyone goes out, takes the restroom break or goes, gets a snack. And I finally get up and I walk over to him. He's like grading papers and, you know, and just looking down and all that. And I'm like literally shaking, walking up to my professor. And I'm like, uh, I said, excuse me, uh, Mr. Coonfield. And he's like, yeah, yeah. What is it? What is it? And I go, um, I go, I think I found an error in the book. <laughs> and you could have just imagined his, you know, his, what he thought, like, he stopped and, you know, he's like, wait, you found an error in the book? And I go, yeah. I go, look right here. I go, it says that, uh, that I went to the game with my girlfriend. I go, I took my daughter and he was like, huh? And he grabbed the book and, you know, he reads it, he looks up at me, you know, reads it again, looks up and then, you know, just pauses and then says, hmm. He goes, well, what do you know? He goes, your name is in here. He goes, why couldn't they put old Bill Coonfield in here? Gives me my book and just... <laughs> <laughs> sends me away and he keeps on grading he thought I was joking he never he didn't believe me he thought I was just making a, a, a joke and I don't know if he ever believed me but I'm sitting there in class and you know to have my, my my name my story and I told Todd that we even shared that with with Judge Dunn and she was blown away so yeah, I took it I, I took it to court and I asked to approach the bench I showed it to her. It's unbelievable. It's un <laughs> who, who sits in a class and reads about themselves? I mean, what do you, you know, uh, you know Britney <laughs> Spears or something? I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. It's somewhere around here. I don't know where I, I have well, it. Well, I'm going to propose uh, that Bobby and Todd and Juan, that you guys definitely get each other's phone numbers. Uh, and Bobby, where are you now? At Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, you are Los well, then yeah. you guys need to have a beer. Yeah. You know, we yeah. talked, um, Juan and I emailed a few times, um, I think yeah. about 2019. Mm -hmm. And the documentary. Uh, I was, I was a little apprehensive at first. Cause you know, that's uh, the, some people would want to just leave that whole story as far in their past as possible. So I was a little apprehensive for a while and I finally said, you know what? I'm just gonna see if I can, I think I, I reached out to the production that did the long yeah. shot and I, they said, you know, uh, 
I said, would it be cool if I reached out to them, reached out to Juan and they said, I think he would really like that. So I, I said, okay. And so we emailed back and forth and, and I said, you know, let's go catch, I think it might've been towards the very end of the baseball season. Cause I was like, we'll have to go in 2020 to, to a Dodger game or something and hang out. And he said, yeah, let's do that for sure. And then obviously that didn't happen, but. To be honest, I had the same feelings, uh, Bobby, because, you know, I, like you said, you know, I, I didn't know what, you know, to, to really, you know, say or, 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 or to think because, you know, when I, I, you know, like I told Allison, I almost didn't, you know, do this documentary. Todd had to literally, you know, grab me and <laughs> put a gun behind my back because I was like, you know, I was like, Todd, I don't know, man. I go, I don't want to, you know, really talk about this. I don't, I wanted to, like you said, man, I wanted to distance myself. I wanted to just erase that memory from, from my head. And, you know, now I know that I have to, and I can't, this is a part of my life. And, you it's know, legacy, if it brings, Ron. you know, if it brings, you know, people hope and cause I've been told this and inspiration and all this, you know, that's the reason I think Allison, that this happened. That is the reason. So yeah, I welcome I mean, I welcome it now. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that like I'm not a television watcher. Like I just don't, I, I just don't watch a lot of television. And I couldn't sleep one night and I just got the remote and just started like shuffling through. And it was like the most watched or like most rec highest recommended or most recommended something. And if I'm going to watch something, it's going to be a documentary because, wow. I'm, you know, that's just what I watch. Um, and so I was like, that's oh, 40 minutes. You know, I don't have to commit like a whole week or anything. Uh, so I'm going to watch it. And I just remember, I mean, it goes against like Carrie will tell you, it goes against like every grain of my being to just like reach out. I'm so shy. I know people don't believe that about me, but it's true. Um, to just like find someone and reach out to them. And so I was like, who is this Todd Nomnik person? Like I have got to re I have got to connect with this person and tell him like, oh my God, like, first of all, you've just restored like all my faith in, in attorneys. Um, and secondly, like, this is incredible. Like, because of you, that you saved, you literally saved this person's life. And that, it just, you know, um, it just really, it touched my heart, it touched my soul. And then the same thing when I saw your face, um, Bobby, they called you Robert in the documentary, but when I saw your face and just, like, I could just tell that you were so moved by it. And I texted Carrie, yeah, um, it was incredible. like one o'clock in the morning and I'm like, Carrie, you've got to watch a long time. Like, here's my Netflix password. <laughs> like, you've got to get on. You've got to watch this documentary like right now. And it's um, so funny because when I had been eyeballing it, you know, um, and I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. Like, it's interesting, but do I really want to sit through a documentary right now? You know? And then as soon as Allison told me, like, you've got to watch it, um, I've actually watched it a couple times and um, probably going to watch it again, maybe even this evening, since we've all been sitting here in the energy of it. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it just, um, I agree with you, Juan. I think, I think it, it's, um, it's restoring faith, you know, in a lot of people. And even John, um, who's in the program set on here, um, you know, it's, you guys are a reminder that there, there are good people in the world. Um, I've, got a couple, I've got a couple of messages said that people that didn't believe in God now do, believe it or not just from watching that. And I was like, that just blows me away. You know, people, you know, have told me, you know, when Larry comes up and does this, you know, after like where I thought Robert got in trouble, but you know, like I said, everyone has a different view on it, but you know, one person told me, man, wow. You know, you got to your seat with your daughter and it's like Larry David came up and said safe, you know, cause we were at a baseball game and I'm like, wow, I didn't even think of that. And then someone else said that it was just like Christ, you know, like, you know, when he was nailed up to that cross, like saying, I got you. And I'm like, wow, like, man, you know, that stuff, you know, blows me away. It's just, you know, and Robert, you know, when Alma watches the documentary, when we watch it, you know, every now and then you're the reason that she starts tearing up. So, mm -hmm. you know, she, you know, me too. I lost it. I mean, it's, very I, it's very emotional. Yeah. I mean, that's where I just, I completely lost it. I was bawling. I have I, seen I the movie. Like, this is incredible. I watched the movie 20 plus times and I always tear up and get goosebumps, sometimes at different parts of the of the documentary. It still is very moving. I remember when um, I think Jacob was the documentary film yeah. director. And I, I one of this, I was a little apprehensive at first because I didn't really. I felt and I still do feel that I would not have been there if it wasn't for Larry, David and Curb Your Enthusiasm and HBO and the producers. I was employed and, and happily working for them and with them. Um, but I told them like, you know, uh, I don't want this to be the, the um, you know, swoop in and save the day sort of thing. I wanted to make sure that this documentary highlighted was going to highlight everybody that was involved, including Todd and Larry and you know whoever else. So they did a really good job with that documentary. You know, the, the directors and the producers and the creative team, they did a really, really amazing job. They did. I mean, Juan, didn't you tell, tell me that they cut out a lot? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, Todd Wright, how many, we have hours of, of tape but, you know, when Netflix, uh, what I was told is when Netflix came into the picture, um, they were, um, I don't know if they were ordered, but they were asked to cut it down to 40 minutes because they wanted to fit it into the, uh, the short doc um, category because they thought that it could win awards. And it was, did you know this, Robert? It was Emmy nominated. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah nominated for an Emmy. We went, Todd and I went to New York. We were there at the Emmys. And um, they thought they thought we could win an Oscar, but I don't know. I, I think politics was behind that, and it was never um, it was never picked up for an Oscar nomination. But I mean, just to think about I mean, you really think about that. There are I don't know how many thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of documentaries, and you know, to to think that this one ours is just like you know so popular around the world from around the world. I mean, I've I've never been outside of North America and Mexico, and I now have friends all over the world. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, so it's Terry cool. and I are dying to know. We have like a burning question. 
What did we miss? Like, what did they cut? What did oh. we miss? Oh, I don't know. Todd, you want to answer? Well, they, they, they took out everything that Juan did and experienced after his release. That, that was a major part um, of what was cut. Um, they also cut out a lot of the, um, the stuff that was going on during the, you know, during the hearing, the trial. Um, that could have been, I mean, things like uh, his, one of his wit alibi witnesses, they had him arrested right before the hearing resumed during the break. Um, the fact that there was a two-week continuance um, because the prosecutor complained um, to the judge that she didn't get the evidence and the, the judge just went with the prosecutor because she's a prosecutor and we got that overturned on appeal. Um, uh, there's just a, a, just a lot of things. A lot of the investigation that was done, um, that was all skipped over. Um, I, was com I, was I was confronted by, I was confronted by Martha's mom in court. Yeah, that, that too, was like probably just, one of the, that was one of the oof. worst, worst uh, times of that, of that whole um, ordeal. But so. I mean, the movie was going to be an hour and a half and they cut it down to 40 minutes. So Juan, what did you go through after you were released? I've never, I've never asked you that before either. Um, they, I mean, when I was released, you know, of course, you know, I was on top of the world. I was free. You know, I was with my family and my daughters and, you know, I was able to help my dad and just to be back together with my family. I mean, I felt, you know, like I had, I felt like a million dollars and, um, you know, what happened after, you know, I was somewhat sad to think that, you know, after, you know, like I say, Todd, and it felt like it was Todd and I against the world. And, you know, to have that over with, you know, which I was relieved with, but at the same time, I was sad because I thought, you know, my relationship with Todd was over. Like, why is he going to want to talk to me, you know, after this? Like, he did his job, so that's it. It's over. So I was sad on that part, but no, it was the opposite. I mean, he called me the next day to check to see if I was still alive, and uh, <laughs> he, he says, hey, you know, I want to invite you to lunch and introduce you to some of my colleagues, and I mean we have had a friendship like you know i consider him my best friend i don't have many friends but um you know i consider him my best friend you know he's taught me so much i've experienced so much and you know i've been to places i never thought i'd be i've met people i never thought i'd meet i you know i'm a diehard sports fan and you know my idols growing up were Kobe and and uh, Magic from the Lakers you know basketball baseball was my first love but then you know came basketball and man because of Todd I met both of them and I can't I can't even say you know what that you know what that meant I was you know I hugged the owner of the Lakers you know a billionaire he knew who I was like that was like incredible to me you know I had a million questions for him and my mind went blank the day we met him and you know to to have this this dr jerry bus you know rest in peace you know come up hug me know who i am and you know just these celebrities we've met you know places i've gone new york i've never been in new york todd i went with todd went to we got flown out to miami you know it's just ah man i can't uh i can't say I can't say what Todd means to me. I mean, this guy, 
you know, and, and I look at it as God put him in my, in my, in my path. He was, uh, he needed to come into my life. We never knew each other. We're, you know, I call him my brother from another mother and, you know, <laughs> he's a uh, man. He, he means a lot to me. Well, I think we all can see why. Right. What was your, what was your, like, what was your PTSD like? I mean, were, were you afraid of the police? Were you afraid of, um, you know, can I tell you about the, can I tell you about the phone call I got when the police were pulling him over for, was it running a stop sign or speeding one? Yeah. Running a stop sign. I didn't see it. I didn't see the stop sign. The, he was being pulled over and he called me in a panic from a cell phone. You know, I'm being pulled over by the police. You know, what do I do? What do I say? What if they know who I am and they're going to take me back into custody? Uh, what should I do? And I think I stayed on the phone with him while he was being talked to by the police. He was so. No, you he, ran he out. So, Todd, I, I had got, I had just left his office and we were, I was about maybe a block or two and Todd being, you know, Superman, you know, he came running from his office because I told him I, I froze. Like I literally. He didn't fly. Like, he ran. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I left my cape at home that day. <laughs> yeah, carries. <laughs> just the trauma of, of just going through that and you know it, it it messed me up it messed me up a bit like after a couple of years of being free i know i started physically feeling you know not well and you know i felt like something was wrong with me i would go to the doctor they ran every damn test that was available and they couldn't find anything and you know i i came to the conclusion it was just all in my mind but you know literally I would go to school and work and do all this and like I felt like you know the world was moving like I just I felt you know I just you know everything told me to quit or stop or just you know lock myself up in a room and I never gave up I never gave up just always pushing forward don't didn't matter how I felt you know what what up what I was up against you know I just I kept fighting and I still am to this day Well, I'm really glad that you're working with us in an apologetic power. Um, I hope it's helping you. I hope you're learning about the brain and how it functions and how to be the boss of it and all of that stuff. Um, Carrie, do you have any last questions before we let these three very important people get back to their lives? No, but I... I feel like I have to say this to Juan um, because listening to you tell uh, your story and things and how Allison had asked you um, why you think this happened to you and stuff. And I totally agree with how you're saying, like you're supposed to inspire people and bring, re re restore faith and hope. And I, 110% agree, but I also can't help but think that this also happened to help you see that you can achieve anything. anything. Like look at what you have accomplished since this all went down um, and you just don't give up. It's really proven to you your determination 
Thank you. Wow, that means a lot. You know, yeah, that's I, I people have told me that they admire the the perseverance, and you know, that's a that's a powerful word there, perseverance, because that's you know when you don't see you know anything positive, and to move forward is maybe one of the hardest things a person can do. So thank you, Carrie, for your words. Welcome. Well, you have a, I mean, you have a great mentor and Todd when it comes to perseverance because it's watching him just be the ultimate badass and getting you free from prison. I know that he, because of the judge, I know that he, you know, did, wasn't able to keep his promise to you by Christmas, but we don't care. You know, it was, it's just amazing. It's amazing to watch. And I'll tell you, Todd, that, you know, I know that we're giving Juan a lot of the, the glory right now, which we should, but I have to tell you, like, sometimes when I'm feeling like I just want to stop or give up, I will watch the documentary and watch how you just over, you just, you know, you didn't care. It was just to you. It was just like, okay, we'll just get on to the next thing. We'll just get on to the next thing. We'll just get on to the next thing. And I think that so many people just are so willing to just give up. And you, you know, had so many obstacles and you just were not willing to give up. And it, it's just so admirable. When I speak publicly, you know, to bar associations and, and, and things like that, I talk about that and I, I talk about how, you know, I had so many roadblocks in this case and you just, you have to find a way around things. Yeah. Um, I've never lost sight of the end goal. You know, I was, you know, Juan could not have had me go, you know, beyond the hearing that we did um, financially. It just wasn't, uh, there was no ability. And also I'm not qualified to do a death case to, at trial. I've never done one. I've never done training on it. So um, I had to win and I was not going to be deterred and I was going to do whatever it took, you know, even though I had to go out and look for witnesses myself, you know, um, because LAPD wouldn't provide that information. We found them. Um, yeah. You know, the judge wouldn't let me put a blackboard between the eyewitness and Juan so I could get a description, um, you know, from him before he identified Juan in person for the first time. So I took off my jacket. You'll see in the, in the film, I'm in court without a jacket. And I put my jacket over Juan's head until I could ask those questions to get him to describe Juan. You just, you got to think out of the box. You, you got you to do what you got to do. And uh, I was not going to have Juan sitting in jail on my watch. It was not going to happen. I knew he didn't do it. Yeah. How did you know? When I saw Juan, you know, he called me and I was golfing in Canada at the time in a tournament <laughs> with a, my, this, my law firm does a tournament every year with these Canadian guys. And um, I said, look, I'll be back in LA in two days. Don't talk to anybody. I'll come see you. And um, I went to the county jail and he was sobbing through the glass on the phone to me saying, you know, 
I don't know why I'm here. I don't know who I'm supposed to have killed. Um, I, I don't know what's going on. And and Juan did not seem like the kind of guy that kills people. No. So I took that and ran with it. Wow. You, you don't kill people, Juan, do you? <laughs> with kindness. Yes. Kill him with kindness. I love that, Allison. Kill him with kindness. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You kill him with kindness. Yeah. Juan, Juan is a kind, gentle mm -hmm. person. Yep. He, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good guy. That's why he's my friend. I, if, if, I mean, come on. I've represented thousands of people, and there's maybe just a couple out of those thousand that make it into the friends list, let alone make it to a Lakers game or becomes, you know, invited into the basketball group, you know, to play with us for years or, you know, invited over to the house. That's a very, very, very select group, maybe only like two or three <laughs> over the years. I've been doing this for 30 years. Yeah. So you said something that I love, which is, you know, I had to win. And that is such a strong mindset. Carrie's like, oh boy, here we go. But I'm serious. Like <laughs> that you, you, the only way to go in that mindset is that you're going to win. You're going to win one way or the other. You know, that's what that, you know, that, that's an agreement. That's a strong agreement that you made with yourself. And that, and I love it because it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to find a way or, you know, no, it's like, I have to win. That, that's so much strong. That, that's completely strong. I love it. I'm going to adopt it. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to put it on my wall. I have to win. I love I that. Have yeah. I had to. I I, there was no, there was no, there was no option. There was no yeah. option. I love that so much. There was no, no, there was no giving up. Bobby, how has this all changed your life? What's that? I'm sorry. Say that again. How has this all changed your life? Um, you, it's, um, it makes you appreciate every, you know, he's already peeped where you are, who you're with, you know, uh, having this opportunity in, in the strangest way, this is really a strange coming together of situations. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity. I'm grateful to meet Juan. Likewise, brother. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can't wait to meet you either, Bobby. Thank um, God, yes. Likewise. I, I, I'm, when we go off the air here, I need to get your number. Yes. So that we can uh, plan a get together. Please. I would love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And then Carrie, you just need to fly to LA. I, you just read my mind. <laughs> Dodger yeah. game and, and Langers, right, Todd? <laughs> yeah, that's where it's at. Yeah. Have you um, been to Langers, Bobby? And then, um, I don't know if I've been to Langers. Oh man! Well, All you're right. going. Thank you. Okay. You're, you're going. going. <laughs> <laughs> you're about to have a number nineteen. <laughs> All right. Sounds. Did good. you know? Did you know Larry David did an episode there? Yeah. I told Todd that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, which is why, because it sounded so familiar, I was like, I'm pretty sure I was there. Well, when we filmed an episode. Yeah. You still have contacts with Larry at all? Um, not really, no. I, I haven't spoken to him in like 15, 16 years. I mean, oh I my visited, goodness. visited the set. I had visited their set 
one time after I had, you know, after they had gone back to film another season or maybe the, you know, maybe it was season five or season six. Um, and just said hi. And he was, you know, hey, you know, super <laughs> cool, you know, uh, but um, no, was, um, not really. No, I haven't. Not, not in a long time. We're trying to get someone to um, put a bug in Larry's ear to give us cameos over there. <laughs> would be that would be incredible. That'd be amazing. They did a Access Hollywood did a poll after we did their interview. <laughs> I think I know you. Yeah, I saved your life. Yeah, you're the one. Could you, imagine, could you imagine us eating at Langer's and then Larry walks in like, hey, wait a minute. You guys look familiar. That would be, that would be nuts. That's funny. All right, guys. Well, you stay, you stay right here. Don't go anywhere. Um, okay. We're going to say goodbye to our Facebook audience. Thank you guys for being with us today. You asked me when Juan and Todd could come back. You had no idea that we were going to include Bobby. So I'm so glad that you guys were able to um, be here with us today and I'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.